The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of Valerie, her guests, and callers. Now here's your host, Valerie Kirkgaard. This is for all, this is for all the time you tried to find your sister or your brother. You're not crazy anymore. You're not crazy anymore. You've been waiting. <laughs> I've been listening to this theme music for, oh gosh, almost. I don't think I had it at the very beginning of Waking Up in America 26 years ago, but I've had it for a long time. And I always think of Bent Mike and what, what a wonderful guy he is. Um, he actually just sang um, at my first husband's 80th birthday on the beginning of March here. And so in case you're wondering who in the heck this is talking, I'm Dr. Val Kirkgaard here. And you are listening to Waking Up in America, American Dialogues on things that really matter in life today. And boy, Randy and I have a burr under our blanket this morning. Today my co-host is Randy Shannon. Thank Good you, morning. Randy. <laughs> and we want to we want we want to thank you, CW. We know that you're someplace in the world. We want you to know um, some very sad news. We'll tell you about that later. Um, about uh, President Turner. Uh, but right now, what I want to invite you all to do is, I want you to remember that we're all torchbearers for something that we believe in, and we need to light our torches and we need to move for freedom and intelligence and mutual respect as we celebrate the vibrancy of. The Republic Flame, which has been going on for 2,000 years now. The original Republic was in Greece. So America started out as a Republic. Right now I think it's becoming a prison ward is what it sounds like to me. We'll talk more about that. The Olympic torchbearers and the Republic Flame actually stand for Swifter, Higher, Stronger, which is Sidious, Altius, Fortius. And we are a continuation of that first republic, and we need to remember it, and we need to live by it. Bob Sercosta of the Home Shopping Network said we are doing radio that is changing the world. And we want to thank you for that observation, Bob. And we want, we want you to share our program with others. And you can visit our wake, website at wakingupinamerica.com and hook into past shows. We've been doing this for a really long time, and we know that we're helping with the conversation to maintain freedom and justice in America. And right now, I think those things are in serious concern. So please do visit our website at wakingupinamerica.com. Sign up for our newsletter. Uh, we send them out you know, a few times a year. We're, I think we're going to be sending them out more with blogs because so much is going on in this country that it's, uh, it needs blogging about. So if you happen to hear a telephone ringing or a dog barking or an angel singing, uh, we call in from our homes and offices all over the world, actually, on occasion to cause this program. Now, I like to pray, and I've been praying a lot the last few years because I really think that America needs all the support that it can get. And I like to pray 
and think in Aramaic because pray in Aramaic actually means to go out into the world and reach and bring in your highest dreams. It means to trap that which is yours. That's what the word prayer actually meant when it was written and uh, what Jesus was referring to. So I always think that's a good thing for uh, people in America to line up on. Ten Commandments. Those are good things. We do those Ten Commandments. It all works. We follow the Bill of Rights in the Constitution. It all works. So include a prayer for yourself and for your country and for your family and for your friends each day and support them in going out and getting what is theirs. And one of the things that Randy and I were talking about before the program, things aren't the same as they used to be in America. Randy, you were saying that a friend of yours, tell them what happened about that. Yeah, uh, in Iowa. Iowa, nice. Sounds like a nice, calm place, doesn't it? Doesn't it? It's just such a. I, I just don't know what's wrong with people sometimes. A friend of mine called last night in a panic, and they know just enough about the law to get arrested. <laughs> and that's what happened. Uh, this is incredible. In uh, Lynn County, which is Cedar Rapids, Iowa area, uh, this person gets pulled over for a bent license plate. I guess the corner of it was bent, and uh, this person was not speeding, was not doing anything, nothing to break the law. And driving down First Avenue in Cedar Rapids, had just come from the gym, minding their own business, gets pulled over. Uh, so this person asks, the, the officer asks for all of his information. Now, he hasn't broken a law. He's done nothing wrong. And he gets asked for all of his information, and he said, what crime have I committed? What have I done wrong? And he says, uh, you know, before I go anywhere with you, asks for the oath of office. Let me have a copy of your oath of office. Because that oath of office says that that officer swore to uphold the Constitution, which, you know, if, if someone hasn't broke a law and they're upholding the Constitution, then there is no reason to pull them over. There's, there's no arrestable offense. Hey, your license plate's bent. Just wanted to let you know, please get it fixed, be on your way. That's how it should have went down if he was really concerned about a bent license plate. Anyway, so the situation got a bit diffused when he asked for the oath of office. That is a First Amendment right. You can ask for anything. So when it got uh, elevated, he requests a supervisor. The person in the car, my friend, asked for a supervisor. The supervisor comes but he and his job is to absolutely diffuse the situation and find out all the facts. This guy came on the scene hot-blooded. And I was on the phone, and I actually had somebody, another witness, I was Skyping with at that very moment, and I said, you know, do you want to stick around and listen to all this? And he said, sure. So there was two witnesses to this. Uh, he was a sergeant who appeared on the scene, and he came, get out of the car. And I'm talking, it was a male voice, very loud, and it was aggression. Uh, and the person was absolutely shocked. Their window was down, and apparently when that sergeant came on the scene, he went and immediately yanked for the door handle, but the door was locked. And so it kind of jerked the sergeant back, and he shouted it a second time. And uh, he was, the, the guy was surrounded by five cops. He doesn't know if guns were drawn, but he was surrounded by five cops. So this is a very elevated, escalated situation for absolutely no reason. It was for asking for an oath of office. Prove it. 
prove that you have sworn an oath to that Constitution. And they, he did step out of the car. I told him not to do it, but he couldn't hear me because that guy was yelling so loud. I said, do not step out of the car. He did anyway. God, because, I would have stepped out of the car. Yeah, but you know what? How, how do you have the guts not to step out of the car, Randy? Because he doesn't have a right. There's, there's no crime. There's no victim. There's no reason why you should be removed from your vehicle. Well, None. there is no good reason, but when something <clears throat> has escalated to that point, I'm just saying I would have caved. Well, he did, and that's duress, and he did, and the minute he did, they slapped handcuffs on him. That was it, because he had asked for the oath of office. And so they hauled him off to jail. Well, the phone was still on in the vehicle, so I was able to listen. I couldn't hear when they took him away from the vehicle, but what I did hear was an officer get into the vehicle. I could hear him ransacking around the vehicle. So now you have an unlawful entry into the vehicle, search and seizure. He does find the phone, but he found it only after somebody asked him, what is the charge going to be? They didn't even know what the charge was going to be. And uh, he said interference. Um, so I don't know what the interference is. Apparently you cannot speak to an officer anymore and ask for an oath of office. It's ridiculous. Yeah, maybe that's the interference. He had the um, guts to ask for the oath of office. He had the guts to ask. That is our right. So um, the point is, is I heard him say that, and he said interference to start. And I had a witness to this, so it was two of us listening to this cop do this and say this. And then you could hear when he found the phone, and uh, you could, and he shut it off. And uh, so I quickly sent a text. Would you like to know what I sent him? Oh, go, 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 girl, go. <laughs> Let me pull it up. I gotta put in my passcode here. Uh, it was obvious he was on the phone, which is also an illegal move. You cannot do that. You have to have a warrant to get into somebody's personal effects. So he's violating this man uh, left, right, and center. I said, Officer, I put this all in capitals. You will be sued. United States or USC Title 42. Look it up. We have you recorded. That is an arrestable offense. You will lose all you have when we are done with you. Check out. 42action.org, going to take all your possessions. This is a 1st, 4th, 5th, 10th, and 14th Amendment violation. Breaking and entering, no probable cause, no warrant. On his phone right now, unjustly detained him, $250,000 per violation, added up. By the way, towing the car is theft. You will be served shortly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you're my friend. Oh, I'm so glad you're. I'd hate to be on the other side of you. Can I'd you imagine hate to be when on you read the other it? Side of you. So I did immediately then put in a phone call uh, to the supervisor at the Lynn County Sheriff's Office. It took him about a half an hour to get back to me, and I started to read off all of the charges that were going to be filed, and I let him know that he was recorded uh, because I did verify that he was the. Uh, supervisor to the scene and I said there was two eyewitnesses to that and that you were recorded which he was and we have two witnesses that can testify to the fact of what we heard and how he reacted and that we know it's all on film right there and on, on uh, audio there and he quickly said to me you have any other questions call such and such jail click so this is a man who is responsible now I was very calm I said no swear words I was very polite. Just told him matter of fact. If you put that in, we would have doubted if you'd sworn. Yeah, no, I, I, I was very calm. 
And actually, when I made that phone call, I had an eyewitness on the other end of my phone so that this was uh, that somebody else could be a sworn witness to my phone call because, you know, that, that phone call may disappear. Um, but the point is, is he's responsible to talk to the public. He works for us. We don't work for him. He works for us. They all work for us. They're public servants. And they work for us. And he's out of control. He's a hot-blooded man who has some power, and he's abusing it. So um, I let him know I'd be filing a complaint. I called back after he hung up on me, and I let the clerk know because he wouldn't take my call. I said, let him know I will be filing a complaint to his supervisor. What is the supervisor's name? So I now have that guy's information. And I will put it in writing, and I will send it registered, and they will have to put it in a civil service file. And that will affect him if nothing else happens to that man. That complaint alone sitting in his file, if he's up for a promotion, that could stop him right there. Any complaints that go in these people's files, when, when that gets looked at, that hinders them from promotion. So I hope it was worth it to him because it sure is heck going to be worth it to me. <laughs> I love you, Randy. <laughs> Randy Shannon, I love Randy Shannon. Randy, let me read the Law Enforcement Code of Ethics. Um, my son bought an old police motorcycle here in California, and there was a ticket, a notepad on it, and on the back of it is the Law Enforcement Code of Ethics. Um, As a law enforcement officer, my fundamental duty is to serve mankind, to safeguard lives and property, to protect the innocent against deception, the weak against oppression or intimidation, and the peaceful against violence or disorder, and to respect the constitutional rights of all men to liberty, equality, and justice. I will keep my private life unsullied as an example to all, maintain outrageous calm in the face of danger, scorn, or ridicule, develop self-restraint, and be constantly mindful of the welfare of others. Honest in thought and deed, in both my personal and official life, I will be exemplary in obeying the laws of the land and the regulations of my department. Whatever I see or hear of confidential nature or that is confided to me in my official capacity will be kept ever secret unless revelation is necessary in the performance of my duty. I will never act officiously or permit personal feelings, prejudices, animosities, or friendships to influence my decisions. With no compromise to crime and with relentless prosecution of criminals, I will enforce the law courteously and appropriately without fear or favor, malice or ill will, never employing unnecessary force or violence, and never accepting gratuities. I recognize that the badge of my office is a symbol of public faith, and I accept it as a public trust to be held so long as I am true to the ethics of the police service. I will constantly strive to achieve these objectives and ideals, declaring uh, or deciding myself before God, my chosen profession, law enforcement. That's what these guys signed up for in the beginning. What happened to them? Uh, Honestly, I don't know what's happened to them. A a little bit of power, and it's just absolute abuse of of power. I think they're Uh, afraid. Randy, I think they're just really, 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 really afraid. I, I think that part of what's going on is that they're caught in the middle of a terrible situation in which um, you and I were talking before the show. Uh, one of the things that I was watching, dear listeners, was uh, 
a CNN conversation and how children are being jailed for profit. And two judges had just been put away for putting children into private jails for profit and ruining their lives. Okay. So there's a lot of greed and profit going on, and there's a lot of um, people are being asked to do things that they don't know whether they should be doing or not. I'm going to guess that also if somebody gets pulled over for a bent license plate, this cop had to have a quota. And you don't uh, let pull me tell over you somebody this. for a bent license plate unless you got a quota. Let me tell you something I know as fact. They will never tell the people that there is quotas. But there is definitely quotas. They don't call them quotas. And typically, the last seven to ten days of every month, those cops are out in force, even if it's a small thing like that, a bent license plate where he should have said, hey, because I'm a peace officer, okay, this, this is what he should be saying. You have a bent license plate, just wanted to let you know, I need you to get that fixed so that we can read your plate. Unless have you nice have a quota, night. and then you have that other guy as your boss, the yeah, screamer. Yeah, the hothead comes the, up. The hothead um, come, Yeah, but the hothead's been working on these guys that are out on the street yeah. before they ever pulled anybody over. That hothead has probably had plenty to say to them about what they're mm-hmm. going to have to do and what they're going to have to perform and what's going to happen to them and so on and so forth. The, I mean, the whole the whole problem is the whole thing stinks from the inside out. It does stink from the inside out. Those, those quotas, those guys are under that pressure. You know, they'll screw off for the first two and a half weeks or so, just doing normal whatever, and then they've got to get those quotas. I mean, just doing their job. <laughs> yeah, They do exactly. their job for the first three weeks, and then yeah. after that the pressure builds, and if you've got a hothead boss screaming at you, um, the whole thing's a tinderbox. That's why tinder I said box. you had a lot of guts. Now, I've been pulled over more than once for my share of speeding. Let me just be authentic about that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, I really have um, a good rapport. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because I, I, I'm cute and adorable. And cute and adorable and kind of lawful works. I carry this um, this thing around, too, with me. Mm-hmm. I always show it to the policeman, and I say, I want you to see what I have here, and I, know, I want you to know I know who I'm talking to, okay, because they recognize the, their, their law enforcement creed. So mm-hmm. I'm setting the stage for him to behave like this, okay? Right. But part of the deal is, and they tell me information that I don't think they know they're telling me. Mm-hmm. For one thing, both times that I have, quote, talked my way into something different, both times were speeding tickets. One of them was the day before my birthday. Uh, and I told the officer, I was true, too, I was daydreaming about my birthday party. <laughs> and that, <laughs> and that I was feeding as I was thinking about it because it was true. That's exactly what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, and his name I remember was Officer Oak. And I said, Officer Oak, you're not going to give a girl a ticket the day before her birthday, are you? And he looked at the thing and he goes, Well, he goes, I have a choice for you, and I give away one of these a day. And both times these guys said this, I give away one of these a day. And what he said was. Would you like a speeding ticket or a seatbelt ticket? Happy birthday. <laughs> mm. And I said, I'll mm. take the seatbelt ticket. Thank you, sir. I accept your birthday present. And he smiled and gave me a seatbelt ticket. Same thing happened about five years later. Coming down Pacific Coast Highway, I'm cruising down the road, and I'm, I, am, I have just pulled off a big one. I am, like, so happy I can hardly see straight. I'm in a state of euphoria, right? And then there's the red lights behind me, and I look down, and I'm about 20 miles over the limit. 
And uh, the officer pulls me over. He said, goes, do you know what you're doing? And I said, yeah, I was traveling in a state of euphoria, and I guess I was going faster than I thought. And he started <laughs> laughing. And he said, I've never had, I don't know if we even have a ticket for a state of euphoria. That's a good one. Everyone should take that note. <laughs> he Let said, him know you're in the state of euphoria. <laughs> I was in a state of euphoria. And I said, I, I, I get it. You know, it's entirely possible. When I'm happy, I, I, I speed. Um, and he did the same thing. And Oh, by the way, I didn't even have registration on the car. Oh, boy. The car was unregistered. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, your car, he, he was the guy you were talking about the way they should be, Okay. Yeah. He said, you know, you need to get your registration taken care of. And he said, but, you know, I, I really like the state of euphoria. Um, so I'm just going to give you a seatbelt seat ticket. And he said, I only give away one of these a day. He said the same thing the other guy said. Hmm. Okay. It's kind of like in, a quota. In their own belts. minds. Pardon? <laughs> The, their quota is okay. I got to give one seatbelt ticket away a day. I've got to give one speeding. No, ticket no, a day. no. The thing is, I'm going to let somebody off the hook every day. Yeah, yeah. That's what he was telling me. The other guy told me the same thing. I will, if if you, if this person is engageable, okay. Depending mm-hmm. upon, well, it's like when the FBI showed up at my door, you know, mm-hmm. after warning me they were coming because they were on the caller ID. When the FBI showed up at my door, I thought, "How do I want to? How do I want to play this?" You know, so I mm-hmm. actually wanted to play it outside because I just felt it would be better outside. And I, when they came, I met them on the front steps. Well, right. by the time we were done, they were down in the basement with me, uh, running around with my Olympic torch. Mm. They had walked past the sign they, because I do this radio show. Yeah. Um, they thought, you know, like I was, there had been some complaints that I was trying to incite people to riot and stuff. I'm not. I'm trying to incite people into meeting the person that their enemy is as as another human being. Okay. Is that illegal, and, by the way, to cite people to riot? I don't. I don't. I didn't know that was a crime. Is it? Oh, probably. Well. This was just, this is over 20 years I brought up topics, and they said, you're advising people to do this and that. And I said, no, 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 and wait. I said, I wouldn't do that. I just invite people on the radio that have different opinions and say, you know, this, is this what you're interested in? And I said, if you question me, just listen to, I've got radio shows on my website that go back to 2005. Go, go for it. Listen to what I've said on the radio. I don't tell people to go out. I'm the opposite. You know me, Randy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm, like, I'm I'm the same way. It's like uh, the last thing I want to see is any violence in this country. Uh, exactly. You know, I, I, I do think criminals violence. should be arrested, and I think this tyranny against the people needs to settle down. But when I say criminals arrested, I mean whoever whoever's running the whole banking system that's destroying our economy. <laughs> need to be arrest them. Absolutely, absolutely. Arrest but the anybody trouble is. who commits treason against our constitution. How is that? How is that wrong? That'd be Congress, wouldn't it? Yes, arrest them. Somebody needs to arrest them. <laughs> Will it happen? I don't. You know, know, I don't know who would do the arresting. I mean, at this point, you know, we were talking earlier before the show about what went on in Bell, the uh, Bell, California, <laughs> that they have actually indicted and they've convicted like five of six of the previous um, members of the city council for corruption and basically gave themselves huge salaries and lots of little perks and stuff like and that. And see, you know, I just spent. said that yesterday to some friends. I said, look, these city council members that are just acting completely unlawful from one end of our country to the other, 
they need arrested. And here you tell me the story today about these city council people getting arrested. That's what I'm saying. That's all we need to do. Arrest yeah, them. Yeah, keep doing it. Yes, all keep of them. It. The ones that are the lawbreakers, get them arrested. And stop coming down on all the, the people like us that follow the law. Yeah. It's a real I mean, simple I, concept, you know? That license plate is just too unbelievable. Yeah, I'm telling you. Okay, so what we're asking for any people in the police um, that are listening here, you know, I want to say thank you for the good jobs that you do. Yeah, there's some real good ones, really good ones. So we want you to know that. But we're also asking you to stand up and calm down some of your friends if they're, like, stepping over the line and and things of that nature. Where Where would a policeman report a problem if... If his supervisor, where would he go, Randy? Do you happen to know if his supervisor was like this guy's supervisor? Well, actually, in California, there's uh, there was a case I had talked about several times on the air, and uh, the the cop's name is Rodney. Um, I'll pull up some information while we're talking, but cop's name is Rodney, and he had a problem with the police department, and he ended up getting fired from the police department, he had gone to all the supervisors and had made complaints. Uh, they really did railroad him from the whole entire system from within, internal affairs, you name it, everyone. And so it is very difficult for a cop to do anything about it. And he ended up having a very independent group of people do an investigation. How he did that, I'm not sure. But when they did their investigation... They found in his favor, and this just came down about four weeks ago, and he just, it was so bad for him as a cop in the line of duty when he had been, and even when he was then fired, it was dangerous for his own wife and kids. He was being harassed. They, They would call him and say things about his kids. Now, this is cops in L.A. calling him and harassing him about his own kids, like we know where they are, that kind of stuff. He moved his whole entire family out of state for safety for almost oh a year. God. It's bad you, from within. And you, so uh, he now won that. He won it. And the opposing counsel said, and it's all recorded, I have the audio, we don't want, because the, they actually did reinstate him and gave him his job back and all the back pay, and the opposing counsel says to the judge, and it's all recorded, we can't have a guy like this on the force. Why would he want his job back? He wants to follow the Constitution. <laughs> that is recorded. And, and he said, well, he was able to reply to that. He said, if I don't follow the Constitution, what exactly are we enforcing as cops on the street if we get in trouble for enforcing the Constitution? So it is very bad. That's LAPD. And really? Yes. And here's the thing. He's now filing a Title 42 and a Title 18 in federal court, and he had this great victory at the state level, just an incredible victory, because an independent counsel that had nothing to do with from, from within was able to find in his favor. And what is we, a 42 and a 14, Randy? Uh, what a are 40, Title 42 and 14? Yeah, a Title 42... It, it's, in, it's entailed. Basically, whenever anybody's Bill of Rights has been violated, you have recourse. A 42 would go after somebody in their official capacity and their unofficial capacity. So if you're a cop, you can sue them with a Title 42. You can go after them personally, 
Uh, that means their home, their possessions, or you know whatever they have, but also in their in their career. So you you could go after the police department, you go after him. You can name a whole group of people. You can go after the city. Uh, and eighteen would be if there was assault included, anything that would be real criminal that you know could it would be more violent. Um, the theft, like last night, the theft of the vehicle. Man did nothing wrong. Not an arrestable offense. They took his car and towed it. Uh, an unlawful. They handcuffed him. Handcuffed him. They searched um, his car. Uh, under duress, pulling him out. You got five cops surrounded you with guns. And they scared the crap out of him. Yeah. Oh, you know, he said five against one, and they got all the weapons. I got out of the car. <laughs> right. I'm shaking. Yeah, and so there's a criminal element, and what 18 does, Title 18, is that goes after them. I'm trying to put this in layman's terms because there's all kinds of big words that go with it, but in layman's terms, there is really not a lot of financial gain. In for, Title 42s, there's financial gain for you. In 18s, you're stripping them of their ability to work in an official capacity ever again for the rest of their life. They can never be hired well, as a police nice. officer, like nothing. Yeah, it strips them. They also can do jail time with that, huh. and and most likely will. Um, strips them of their title. It's a total demotion. So an 18, not a lot of money in it. In fact, hardly. There is some, but that is about getting them out of the public service. Get well, them out. That's exactly what you would want, wouldn't it be? Yes. We want to remove these people so that they cannot do that again because they obviously are violators of the people, and they don't care about the Constitution. Wow, so, wow, wow, wow. It's 631. Oh, my gosh. It's time for a cup of Sir Jason Leonard tea, don't you think so, Randy? <laughs> Very much, uh, yes. So hop over to our website at wakingupinamerica.com and sign up for our newsletter. Check out our sponsors. They're on the right side of the page and at the bottom. And we got to give these guys credit because they give us the space to operate. Sir Jason Winter Tea, we love you. Um, this is a wonderful tea that actually builds up your immune system. And um, the man that invented it actually saved himself from a, a critical a life-defying um, circumstance. You have to be so careful about what you say when something is good on the air because they don't want you to think that. Uh, I think it's the FDA doesn't want you to think that something could actually cure something. But if you put this stuff together, you actually can elevate your health to a place that you'd be very happy with. Sir Jason Winter Tea comes in peach flavor, which is my favorite. CW and I like to drink the peach and the, and the cinnamon in, in the winter, and this is for use. CW. We hope you're drinking your Sir Jason Winter Tea wherever you are. We've lost track of him, and we're a bit concerned. But as long as he's got his Sir Jason Winter Tea, I'm sure he'll be fine. It's really good stuff. You'll like it. And um, it really has all kinds of phenomenal attributes to it. And walking right by it is a product called Protandin. And when I first came across Protandin, I couldn't believe that it was could do what it said it could do. And they say it takes your blood back to the age of 20. Well, what would that mean? In my case, it meant I have, I've started doing things that I hadn't been doing for years because I didn't have the energy to do them. Um, I started remembering things that I didn't know I'd forgotten. Uh, I just n noticed that my skin is improving. All kinds of things are, are happening with Protandin and at $50 a month, check it out, try it for a few months. Some people don't notice anything immediately. CW um, has diabetes, okay, and it lowered his 
the, whatever it is that they measure for diabetes significantly. So a lot of different people are experiencing wonderful stuff with Protandim, and that's P-R-O-T-A-N-D-I-M. It's over there on the website on the right-hand side of the page. For a 5,000-year-old tradition, uh, ear coning actually cleans out your eustachian tubes, which runs right between your earlobe and your collarbone. And that eustachian tube is one of the lymphatic drains of the body. And in that lymphatic drainage, your blood is purified by the lymphatic system. And then the residue goes out through the eustachian tubes, the surface of the skin and your uh, elimination tract. Um, It's good stuff. It cleans it out. It helps with your sinuses. It helps with um, stiff necks, uh, with all the chemicals. And if you're you're suffering from chemtrail damage, Coning is an amazing way to take care of that problem. So hop on over. I believe that one is towards the bottom of the page. Hop over to coningcompany.com, and you can read about the ancient art of coning. I just love this. Randy Shannon, 42action.org. You've heard 42action.org speaking to you today. And 42action.org, that's what she does over there. She has calls and all kinds of good things. So check out 42action.org. Linda Caymans at lindacaymans.com, and that's K-A-M-M-I-N-S, lindacaymans.com. This woman does magic with your scalp and also your hair. If your hair was ever curly, your hair will be curly all over the place again. She's in the West Hollywood area, and um, when you're in town, definitely check out Linda Caymans, K-A-M-M-I-N-S.com. She's a treasure. Stardoves. I love Ra. He has a mailing list of intelligent and wonderful people, about 100,000 of them, and you can send out a mailing to 100,000 people of very high quality that actually buy your stuff. So <laughs> that's marketing with the stars. You'll notice that over on the website too. DrValerie.com, that's me. One of my One of my talents is the ability to actually clear trauma from the electromagnetic field of the body. And I do that with a process I developed in 1984 called directed breath. And you can read all about that at drvalerie.com, and that's D-O-C-T-O-R-V-A-L-E-R-I-E.com. Go for it. It's fun. Alkaline water, that's my new crusade. I, I think if I put alkaline water in all the police stations, maybe they'd sweeten up a bit. Alkaline water raises the pH level, and it's actually technically it's known as ionized, restructured alkaline water. So if you want to know more about that, oh, my God, it does a bunch of amazing things. Um, when your pH level is up, the whole world changes. I was, I was telling a friend that if I could get the Bill of Rights, the Constitution, the Ten Commandments, and alkaline water into every home, we'd be healed. <laughs> we'd what an incredible it would, nation. <laughs> it would save the world, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, Tad Patterson, he has some very interesting people in his little bailiwick, too. And Tad Patterson has a website called You Have the Right, okay? And um, I suggest that you go over there and, and check that out as well. I, I love the fact that people are actually finding out what the truth is and they are letting people know, letting citizens know what the truth is because so many things that happen on this planet, we just buy it all. And we'll talk more in a minute when we come back about what happened to dear President Turner yesterday. So we want to make sure that 
Um, if you want to contact Tad Patterson, you'll see where you have the right on the website. You'll see Randy Shannon's um, 42action.org. If you want to contact Tad Patterson, send him send me an a- email at val at mailhouse, and that's M-A-I-L-H-O-U-S-E dot com, and let, let him know that you heard about it on Waking Up in America. So hang on there a minute. Hmm. I'm not quite sure how to go about this. <laughs> what are you uh, trying to do? <laughs> uh, well, what I'm trying to do is not get really crazy over the fact that Tim lost in court. Mm. And I'm just, it makes me crazy. It makes me crazy that the Internal Revenue Service can sue a man who has now got a possibility of 164 years in jail for um, writing bonds and things of that nature, which actually are legal, though they don't want you to know they're illegal, um, actually, um, and that he faces 164 years in jail for doing this when the IRS itself is illegal. That I have a problem with, Randy, and I don't know how to say it without exploding. Yeah, well, quick question. Those city council members that did all that embezzling and writing themselves all kinds of... Christmas presents, how many years did they get? Well, they haven't been, the, the actual penalty isn't yet, but I'm going to guess a couple. Mm. Just you know, a couple, maybe yeah. Between two, maybe between two and five or something. I'm guessing, but mm-hmm. based on what I've seen in the past, because we've had a lot of corruption in California. I'm going to say two to five years mm. would be my guess. Yeah. They've got him nailed down at 164 potential. I don't believe the um, sentencing has gone through yet. Yeah. Well, he'll get significantly less because uh, that's just how the game works but it's incredible that that's even happened now for listeners who don't know who this is tim turner tim turner hmm, is a dear friend of mine actually he's a man i met about four or five years ago and uh no I'd actually be longer than that now maybe about four or five years ago, and he actually taught me things that I used inside of the court system to um, avoid having my house taken from me. It's now now, um, five or six years I've been in this process, and I'm still in my house, and I'm in my house because the things that I learned from Tim were things that worked. So I believe that he's being made an example of. I don't know if you know this or not, Randy, but he actually had a... I've I've been trying to find the article. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I read the article yesterday, and I bookmarked it, and it's not showing up as a bookmark, so I can't find it this morning. But it's in in an Alabama newspaper called the Something or Other Eagle, and Mm -hmm. it was talking exactly about what what they had um, found him guilty of. They found him guilty of writing some bombs, actually. Mm-hmm. And I think they considered a counterfeit or something of that nature. I believe that's how it was presented. Mm-hmm. And I don't really have the details on it. I know it was a trial by jury, which made me sad because it meant to me that if the jury convicted him, they were ignorant about what was being done to them by the IRS. Mm-hmm. Well, so. we know, uh, let me say it like this I have a lot of friends who haven't paid tax in 30, 40 years. 
and they just, you know, they do a very simple thing. The, let, the IRS, every six months, sends them a letter, and it says, Dear Taxpayer. They go through, and they put a line through that, and they say, uh, that's not what I am. And then they sent that, you know, the letter will say, we see you did not file or pay or whatever. And they just send back a little note that says, dear IRS, if you could just show me in the code where it says I have to pay, I would be more than happy to write you a check for the amount you're asking. <laughs> and for six, every, every year for 30 years, six months, every six months, this little love letter fest goes back and forth. Nothing changes, never goes to jail. Uh, I know in, in about 1985 when Erwin Schiff wrote one of his first tax books, uh, there was 20 to 30 million people in this country, according to that book, one of his books, uh, about the great American ta uh, tax hoax or something like that. Uh, his numbers were 20 to 30 million people had figured it out and were not paying. Well, this is 2013. Uh, I'm sure the number is far, far greater, because so many people have read his books. I've bought his books. I'm in the process of reading and them what's now. What's his name again? Erwin uh, Schiff. Erwin, uh, I-R-W-I-N. S-C-H-I-F-F, uh, -S -S I think is how. I don't have oh, them up that's here. interesting. They are great. Now, I will say, they did what they are doing to Turner. They made an example out of him, and they threw him in prison. His son is famous, Peter Schiff. He's a financial guy. He's always on all the major networks. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he knows it's an atrocity. His father's in prison. Uh, but while he's in prison, he's writing great books. So well, I'm curious why, how he can be in, what was he in prison for? You know, they, I, I think they got him on tax evasion. Or, I don't know what the actual charge is. I, I have to get well, then, to that part in his book. If, if he did what he put in his book, then how could they get him? And why wouldn't it apply that they could then get everybody else who was doing the same thing? You know what? They make examples of people. There is no rhyme or reason for their lawlessness. There just isn't, Val. There just isn't. Even Wesley Snipes, they didn't get him on not paying taxes like everybody thinks. I've actually heard his attorney uh, that, that um, he had hired, Wesley Snipes had hired, and they did not get him on that. The fact is uh, that he had filed for an extension, and then after that extension, he said, no, you know what, I don't know this. This isn't lawful. I, I suppose when he filed the extension, it was when he was getting educated. He recontracted when he filed the extension, right? That's right, yeah. So, And that has to do with it. It's a phenomenal tax attorney. Uh, he fights the IRS and wins. Um, you know, and he, he got Snipes big time off. Uh, he, he got you know, him off? He still, he still was in trouble. He still was in trouble. But anyway, Irwin Schiff, everyone should get his books. They're on Amazon super cheap. I bought mine used. I always buy everything used because they're still in phenomenal condition. And uh, I just pay a few bucks for them, and they are page turners. Sometimes you Absolute. only pay a penny for them, and then you pay shipping. Amazon yes, three ninety nine. I know that. <laughs> Amazon gets a free commercial for, mm -hmm. for all this good. And eBay, I love you too. Okay, <laughs> Amazon and eBay, I have, I have reclaimed my past. I don't know. Um, I had stuff stolen from me from time to time in my life. <clears throat> and one of the things that I had stolen was my grandfather's war medals. He was given medals by the um, king, in, king of England and the King of France for his heroism in the First World War, and they were stolen from me. Well, this has made me just crazy. So I went on, and I actually found my grandfather on the Internet, and I can actually get a replacement medal for him. 
on eBay. Oh, okay. Can you stand it? (laughs) (laughs) And they they actually have replacement metals, just like the one. I still remembered. I knew exactly what it looked like, and it was stolen from me like 20 years ago. Somebody, I was moving, and somebody broke into my car and took a lot of my stuff. Right. And along was that metal that I always remembered. And, you know, that was one of the, my grandfather's heroism was one of the things that I liked best about him. So I just like sometimes you want to have a memento of um, somebody or something that happened. eBay and Amazon give you great opportunities. That alkaline water system, if you want to pick up a Congan system, I know somebody that sells them, and and they're fabulous. But at the same time, I will tell you, you can go over to eBay and and pick one up too. You won't have the service, but um, you can get one a lot cheaper. I think they sell for four or five thousand dollars. They're medical instruments. I mean, they're really phenomenal. I have to tell you, my son's hair is turning brown after a month on drinking this water. But you you use it too, don't you, Randy? Oh yeah, yeah. We have it set up in the kitchen, and in another room we have Berkey. <laughs> so you have what? We we have a Berkey uh, water filter, which is a gravity fed uh, filter. So it doesn't turn it alkaline, but it does pull out. of the impurities. Does that include the pharmaceuticals? A lot of people don't know that their drinking water is, like, loaded with pharmaceutical runoff. Oh, it's so disgusting. Yeah, it pulls it all out, all of it. It's been tested and tested and tested. I love Berkey. There's ProPure. Those are the just gravity-fed. But, they, yeah, the the filters are incredible. So we we do both in this house. Everybody is healthy here. Okay, so... I was rattling around in my brain, since you're absolutely so much fun to ask questions of. How do we get Tim out? How do we well, get I know he will be. Out of jail? Yeah, he'll he'll get his sentencing. He'll file an appeal. The appeal will take, you know, eight, nine, ten months. Um, I have a feeling that they're making an example out of him. Like, in I that know eight, they nine, are. Yeah. I have zero I, doubt about the fact they're making an example out of him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know anything about bonds. I know nothing about them. No education in that whatsoever. So well, let's say you were a regular. Let's just say you were a regular counterfeiter and you weren't the president of a republic, and mm-hmm. um, they were going to run you through. What do you think a regular counterfeiter? I mean, because I think this is a charge actually. He's counter. You know, one of the charges is like counterfeiting bonds. It wasn't. It wouldn't be 164 years. I know that. No, what they're doing is they're taking what the maximum is. I've seen this in many cases. They'll take what the maximum, put, that's what they always put into the news, okay? They'll put that maximum in there of 164. And my guess is it'll come down to maybe 20, 30, 40 years. I think it'll oh, come, come way down. down to it? Right. You ought to just be ready for a coffin right about then. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a death sentence for sure. It is, uh, you will, you know, be behind bars. He will appeal it, and that'll take 8, 9, uh, 12 months, something like that. He can appeal it. Okay. And then, is he going to get any justice in this system? Mm, not with people in power that are in it right now. No. I don't see it. Oh, right. He'll need somebody who is an um, incredible uh, pro se type attorney. You know, yeah. pro se is, 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 it's an oxymoron because there's attorney. And then there's pro se. He'll need somebody, and I, when I say pro se, it means standing, standing for yourself. They obviously, I don't even think he testified. I don't know why he Yeah, didn't. that's why I didn't know how they could do this without him testifying. 
did he say, I don't want to testify? Did they? I don't know any of the details. I'm in shock still. Yeah, I mean, I just don't know all the details. And and the thing is, is, uh, I think the man, I've not met him in person. I have had one or two conversations with him on the phone, and they were very good conversations. And, you know, no man knows another man's heart. I've learned that over life. But he came across to me, and I read people for a living, uh, and I don't always get it right, but he came across <laughs> to me as an, an extremely, genuinely good person. He is extremely, genuinely good person. I've known Tim for about four, five, six years, somewhere in there. I don't even remember. I met him at a seminar, and he he's the one that taught me Haynes versus Kerner, okay? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Haynes versus Kerner, when you go into a courtroom and you're representing yourself, mm-hmm. you just say to the judge, Your Honor, I would appreciate if you would follow Haynes versus Kerner. And what Haynes versus Kerner instructs the judge to do is assist you mm-hmm. as, a, in, as a pro se person. Okay, meaning you're there representing yourself, and there's just so many little things about the law, and you don't know what to do next, and so on and so forth, and you can't possibly read up on all of it. And when you get into a particular situation, the judge then is, by that request, tells you what the next step is. Mm-hmm. Like what you would be doing here is you'd be saying something in your defense here or, um, yes, we've decided against you now for this, but you can actually go into federal court and do X, Y, and Z. And I've had three judges give me that kind of information because mm-hmm. I asked for Haynes versus Kerner. So he didn't give me information that was illegal or anything. He gave me information that I was unaware of, and most people are. And mm-hmm. it's pivotal. I've, as I say, I've used it three times. Even yeah. um, <laughs> even the judge that um, tried the Bellflower City Council, Kathleen mm-hmm. Kennedy, I even used it with her. <laughs> wow. You know, this is kind of off-subject. Well, it's it kind of goes with it, but then it's a little off subject. Let me let me tell you a quick story, if I can. Go. You know, I was in Las Vegas a few weeks ago. I do. The, f- the first day I arrived, I was on I don't know the eleventh floor or somewhere around there. I stayed at the Mandalay Bay. I was put you know up there by the company who flew me in, and uh, the people next door to me were extremely loud, and they were talking about how disgusting the pillows were and that don't sleep on those, blah, blah, blah. I could hear all this. They were right next door. We had a connecting door, and I didn't know them. And uh, I had left my room and come back, and their door was open, and they were all kind of coming in and out. And long story short, I said, you know, I could hear you guys. Uh, Could you tell me why those pillows were... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> why those pillows were disgusting. And they said, yeah, we ultraviolet lighted the pillows, and it was just really awful, and nobody would want to touch those. And uh, I said, oh, what do you do that you would ultraviolet light the pillows? And they said, oh, well, we're federal agents. And what? Yes. And what I came to find out through conversation is the entire floor, uh, several wings of that entire floor, were all FBI agents, federal agents. Now, how ironic Randy Shannon with 42 Action <laughs> is on a floor with all these federal agents. So we hit it off with really, ultraviolet really well. lights, for God's sake. <laughs> and so I said, gosh, you know what? Would you come in my room and ultraviolet light my room? And so they did. And we, they closed all my curtains and we shut off all the lights. And I had about seven federal agents in my room. 
And they were so fun, and they literally went through my entire room with a fine-tooth comb and ultraviolet lighted it, and my room was perfect. There was nothing in my room whatsoever. And um, so we had a great time, and we were talking, and, you know, I I told him about 42 Action. I said, it's so funny because you guys are so great, and you've been so fun. And here, you know, this is what I do. I help people go after the ones that are bad. And they said, oh, well, you know, there is bad ones. But, you know, we're good ones. And so they actually, a couple days later, they were in the same hotel for, I don't know, three days. And I went down to one of their rooms because they had an open door and they were having a big party. And I went down there and had some drinks with them. And uh, there was only one. Yeah, there was just one that didn't, you know, like me at all for what I did. And, um, you know, so he was very quiet. And I said to him, you don't like me, do you? And he said, "Uh, you know. Just got to keep it separate. And I and there was another guy who wasn't a federal agent, but was a friend of theirs. And I said, "Look, you know, I'm not a bad person. You know, I never advocate violence, nothing like that. I just, you know, it's it's not them against us. It's not you against us. We're in this together. You're my brother in this. We Absol- just have to- right on, Randy. You go. <laughs> yeah, you know, I just said you're my brother in this. We should be working on the same team. But I feel like you're against my team." And I'm just one of the people. And there was another guy that heard me saying that, and he was not an agent. And he said, now, he didn't like cops at all. And uh, he said, I just want you guys to read the Constitution. I said, yeah, that's it. Just you're, you're supposed to uphold it. That's all we want you to do. And then the guy goes, I just want you to even read it. <laughs> and that guy, he just stayed quiet. And what was funny, I went out only one night. And it was just for dinner, and it was on, like, a top floor at the Mandalay Bay. And uh, early on, it's just a restaurant slash, you know, everybody hanging out, but then it turns into a nightclub around midnight. And when it did that, I left because I really, I was tired already. We had filmed the commercial for Been Verified that whole day we'd been taping, so I was pretty tired. And um, they had all come up, and that one guy was so quiet. Everybody else was so bubbly and talking, and we had so much fun. I loved them. I had a great time. Yeah, with those people. that's how I had my experience with the FBI. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. telling you, the FBI. God, no, my, I shouldn't admit that I actually wanted to go to Barack Obama's inauguration, but I did. <laughs> I, I wouldn't admit that. No. Time. <laughs> I had a terrific time. I, what can I say? I, I had a terrific time in my ignorance about the future. Uh, but it was the FBI agent that actually got me into, because I had my press pass, and I hadn't been um, verified or something like that. And he actually got me into the balls. When the balls were all shut out and nobody else would let me in, the FBI agent, bless his heart, um, mm-hmm. took me about where it took to get in and told me how to do it. And I did it, and I got in. So, FBI, yeah. I love you. I thank you. The guys that visited my house, you were so cool when they left. He leaned out the window. I call him Mike and Tom because he told me not to use their names, and I don't even remember their <laughs> names anymore. And right. so Mike leans out the window, and he goes, thanks for telling the truth, Val. We love you. And I said, yeah, and I love Tim Turner, too. So I thought that was a great way um, to end this show today, pretty much. We'll be doing that in a minute or two. I love Tim Turner, Um I don't know all the stuff that you've been accused of. I know a lot of it's got to be trumped up. Um, you you did something for my heart, Tim, and you kept me going through a period of time with um, the information that you shared with me and the different things that I could do, and you exposed a lot of things that, that aren't right in the world to me. And um, 
I don't know how all of this is going to play out. I just know that I love you and I appreciate you. And um, <laughs> if there's a way of getting you out of jail, we're going to we're going to do that legally. We're going to do it inside of the legal system because Randy and I know that with the Bill of Rights and the Constitution and the Ten Commandments, those are actually the governing factors of this country. And as we remember it and take it on, and that's the thing that we should be doing. And I think that it's really important to remember how successful Gandhi was in India against the British, okay? And it was nonviolence. What they did was nonviolence. And what you need to know is that a number of the people that are in office that are actually um, working inside of the system, they found out they got stuck someplace they didn't know they were. So you have friends on the inside. You this just need to you. find them wherever this they are. I you. think Dennis Kucinich is a and good man. I, I really, really when do. And uh, But I also think he's losing a lot of track in the, compa- in the company that he's in because I think Congress is so corrupt. Can you hear? They're playing the music. They're saying, get <laughs> off the air valve and Randy, for God's sake, do it. So, of course, here I will. Um, this program has been brought to you by Laughing Dragon Entertainment, our radio partners, ConeyCompany.com, Dr. James Murphy and Memoriam, along with Dennis Weaver and Larry Hagman. We love you. DrValerie.com and Dr. is all spelled out. We thank our producers and sponsors, Ron Hayes, our research assistant, and big thanks to the team at Voice America, Jeff Spinard, Nathan Jett, Brad Comer, and our friends at Cumulus Radio, uh, Mike Vitale, Ron Simon, and Monica. And um, Almost Ordinary People is available to you as a free <clears throat> download in MP3. Next week, invite a friend to listen. Write us at Val at wakingupinamerica.com. And remember, City of Southeast Fortieth, and do a mitzvah today, which means give someone a boost. We love you. Tune in again next week. And you're not crazy anymore. You've Thank you for joining us today for Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard. Waking Up in America can be heard live every Wednesday on voiceamerica.com and Valerie welcomes all emails at heavenincorporated.com. This is for all you knew, pouring through, now your heart is open. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 